Well, good morning, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio, and it is the 11th of April, 2023. And thanks for being with us today. Uh, it was a uh, show for the Consortium, Consortium of School Networking, my good friends over at COSIN. And they have arranged for the one, the only Pete Just, who's been here many, many times. Okay, Pete is going to be talking about generative AI and how it affects schools, classrooms, teaching, etc. And Pete, this is, this is very cool. It's great to have him here. Pete just retired, <clears throat> excuse me, from the Metropolitan School District of Wayne Township, Indiana. Okay, and he was the CTO there, Chief Technology Officer, but he served as the Chief Technology Officer, the Chairman of the Indiana Chief Technology Officers Council, which is the COSM branch in Indiana. Okay, he's been involved in developing standards for classroom technology, and he was elected to the COSM National Board in 2014, like almost 10 years ago, and recently served as COSM board chair, and I'm sure he's going to be continually involved with COSIN, so I'm looking forward to Pete's insights, and so should you be, because he knows what a school district needs, and he understands technology, and I assume he understands pretty well what's going on with AI and all this, and uh, we'll talk about Terminator 3 and see if this is going to be the end of the world or not. We're going to archive the show at ace-ed.org. And if you go over there, you will see the brand new issue of our online journal, which is called Equity and Access. Everything we do at ace-ed.org, which is the home website of our American Consortium for Equity and Education, is free, including the ability to read our journal, Equity and Access. And this is an excellent issue, which raises a lot of questions about all the efforts on book banning and access to education and equity that are going on in this country. So please go over there, enjoy it, read it, get in touch with us. We love your voice. We love industry voice. You'll see that we have all the podcasts over there. You'll see the link as well as social emotional learning information, uh, teacher retention information, et cetera. We're all concerned about equity and how everything matters to give every kid an equal access to education. So please check it out at ace-ed.org. And I remind you, everything is free over there. We're pretty proud of what we do. And I'll now say good morning to the one, the only, Pete Just. Good morning, Pete. It's Larry here. Good morning, Larry. Good to be with you again. It's a pleasure to have you here, Sarah. Congratulations. When did you retire? From teaching. It's been a little bit. Been a little bit of time now. It's been. Uh, it was last summer. So uh, I've been wow. uh, pretty busy since wow. then. But uh, yeah, it's been. It's been a fun transition for me. It has been, and you know, I'll say I know it's fun and I know it's exciting. But was it weird? Come September, do you have to go back to school? Was it weird? Oh, it, it, my wife's a principal, so it was very weird. Oh. I mean, she's getting ready. You know, all the things you do as a teacher. I was a lifelong educator, so you know that time of year is special. And there's a bunch of routines you uh, always get into, and to not have to do those was very odd. <laughs> <laughs> so are you doing the housework now? Is this what's happening? You know, I am doing more than my uh, than I had in the past. Uh, my wife's very gracious. <laughs> and uh, now that I'm home a lot more, um, you know, as a home office, uh, there's a lot more to be done around here than I ever believed. Right. <laughs> Well said, my friend. We, we all we all know that in the back of our minds, okay? So, wow, it's, it's really something. And Pete, you started 
Well, you're a consultant at your own company, and I want to make sure we talk about this. Just, like your last name, J-U-S-T, JustStrategics.com. Okay, JustStrategics.com. And I noticed I went over there this morning, and I noticed that you were able to get Brad Pitt's picture right on the front there on the homepage. Uh, something like that, maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe my my head on his body. I don't know. <laughs> well, whatever. Yeah. But it's been. Uh, it's <laughs> talk been about what you're doing with your company. Yeah. Go talk yeah, about it's been your fun, company. It's been fun it. getting that started. Yeah, yeah. It's been fun getting it started. It's, uh, you know, working with executive coaching with um, with leaders, junior leaders that are kind of stepping into the role. That's been a passion of mine for many years. We have a mentorship program here in Indiana that actually has become kind of a national standard. Um, that I'm really proud of that, uh, you know, I've continued in a more personal way, one-on-one with people, uh, and then just helping, you know, school districts, looking at long-term strategic planning, um, you know, other educational focused organizations, learning how to get towards improvement. Um, so it's been a lot of fun, and I've continued. Um, I just rolled off the COSIN board at the last at the conference and two, two weeks ago, uh, but I've continued working with them as their AI subject matter expert and Oh, wow, other great. areas that I've been involved with them. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that, of course, is why you're here, because you are their AI subject matter expert at COSIN, by the way, everybody, COSIN, C-O-S-N.org, which bring, brings that up. Okay, let's, let's swing over to AI. All right. How do you become a, a AI expert, Pete? What, what do you know that we don't well, know? Well, you have. I'm serious about yeah, that. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, being a lifelong educator, I've got a pretty good understanding of the classroom. Uh, being a CTO for a long time, I have a pretty good understanding of technologies that impact the classroom. My focus Agreed. was very much on the classroom. And so uh, I've been studying AI for a while. And then obviously this, uh, the last several months, I've had a bit more time to dive into it just <laughs> in time for yeah. ChatGPT yeah. to hit the ground. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of followed that closely. And um, probably spend about 10, <laughs> at least in January and February, about 10 hours a week uh, reading because there was so much stuff constantly coming out. And honestly, that flow has not really reduced. Uh, the, the announcements that have been made just this last month alone, um, I was at South by Southwest and Coast, and during those two weeks, there were so many announcements about new things regarding AI and some very specifically focused K-12 initiatives. So a uh, very exciting um, so I, I guess that's kind of what put me where I'm at right now. And, and you can talk about Wayne Township. You can talk about other districts you're working with. How is AI impacting K-12? What's going on with that? I mean, it's easy to, you know, it, we, we talk about it generically, all right? And everybody's scared about it generically. But really, what do you see as mm-hmm. the, the impact? How are people using AI now, if at all? And do they understand it? To any degree, which I certainly, all I know is Terminator 3, when the, when the monster and the robots <laughs> take over the earth, okay? And, and, you know, we have to fight the rebellion. All right. Talk to me about how it's really impacting K-12 right now. Yeah, Hal and Terminator are the two worst examples of uh, maybe where this could go. Um, and I, I was going to start the show by Hal. saying, open the pod bay door, <laughs> open the pod bay door. those are extreme you know examples of where this could go so we do need to 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 be aware of what can happen um if we don't do anything right i mean whether we're talking about nuclear 
energy or whether we're talking about, you know, a hammer and a bat, uh, you know, that everything can be used negatively and there needs to be guardrails in place. But that's probably not the job of for the right. education environment for K-12. Um, you know, I think it's a realization that there is uh, an unstoppable wave that's coming our way that's starting to hit us now. Uh, Bill Gates said that, you know, the most important advance in technology since the graphical user interface, that's what, that's what gener generative AI is. So he's saying that generative AI is at the level of basically Windows. Uh, so in, in that way, wow. you know, we all remember, maybe you can remember, some may remember the DOS days and when you could all of a sudden, you know, have a graphical user interface to navigate, uh, you know, anyone born in the last, you know, 30 or 40 years has no idea what it's like to, to navigate or, or to work with, uh, you know, line code to be able to get from point A to point B. We're just used to pointing and clicking. It was a big difference. And in the same way, you know, AI, specifically generative AI, is changing education um, in the way we think about things. Um, how we write assignments, for example. Uh, I remember, well, you know, the Internet was another big significant impact on K-12. When the Internet became, started to become readily available, one of the things I told teachers is instead of, of, of thinking about your assignments as, you know, I want it to be eight to ten pages long, maybe because that's kind of easy to, to, to search for and put together, in other words, plagiarize off the web, maybe what you need to do is synthesize something that is um, going to require the student to engage in some thought to, 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 to basically distill things down to the basics. Um, they could do all this research on the internet, but at the end of this process, you've got a one page you're going to do instead of a 10 pager. Um, and of course now, you know, you can put something in there. And at first I was saying, you know, well, you know, just make it be more than 800 words because that's what chat GPT was limited to. Um, but really it, mm. it makes us rethink assignments. It makes us rethink, um, you know, how do we, what, what are we trying to accomplish? What's the core goal? of the assignment that's a good point uh, and how do we get to the core goal leveraging a tool um like a text-based you know generative ai um and, and there's answers to that but you know that's what that's the impact i think that it's having on k-12 why do you call it generative ai i just i mean i'm not that smart and all this stuff but i just call it ai <laughs> what does the term generative mean yeah great question so um, when we think of AI in general, there's all kinds of things that can fit into that. As a matter of fact, my webcam is an AI webcam. In other words, it will follow me around the room. It will zoom in on me if I'm sitting still. It knows what I'm doing, and so it's like a cameraman inside of this little box that is mm. called my webcam. That's AI. Well, that's not the type of thing we're talking about here. There's a lot of different kinds of AI. Um, what we're specifically impacted by since the release of ChatGPT and other tools um, since then, uh, many of them graphical as well, is a way to create something um, that you didn't have before in a very simple manner. Um, specifically, in this case, with ChatGPT, we're talking about text um, or with graphical um, products uh, like Dolly, we're talking about, you know, a graphical an image, um, and you can even create videos. So these are generating with artificial intelligence an output that we've asked for. Um, so in the case of ChatGPT, you're typing something in, that's a prompt, and that prompt is saying, tell me about, you know, whatever you're, you're wanting to know about, um, and it will tell you about that thing, and then you can follow up that question 
with another question that says, give me more detail about. Um, and so this is very unusual compared to what we're used to, which is Googling it, right? When you Google mm -hmm. something on the web, you get a lot of answers. And what the answers are are hyperlinks. And then you have to sort through those. And that's in a minefield of, you know, clickbait and uh, ads. <laughs> you have to work mm -hmm. your way through. Uh, so you're getting hyperlinks as opposed to with generative AI output, you're getting answers. Um, it may not be the exact answer you want, but you can clarify that and nuance it down into the answer, uh, to the question you're looking for. So that is why we call it generative AI, because it's generating an output. In this case, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a text-based output. And, and this is mm -hmm. something that's really been around for a while. It's, being, it's found value in marketing, advertising, drug development, legal contracts, video gaming, consumer report, digital art. I mean, we generate when we go into Amazon, you know, recommendations. Uh, recommendation mm -hmm. engines are a form of generative AI that we're very familiar with, you know. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's really kind of a way to get to what you want uh, by asking certain types of questions or putting certain kinds of input in. So what, why the big deal now? Okay, is it because chat GPT hit the news? Uh, you, know, you just yep. said it's been around a while, and, and obviously Amazon's been around a while and those other examples. All right, so what's the big deal now? What, what changed over the last three months or whatever it is? Right, great question, because in, at the end of November, what changed was chat GPT uh, burst onto the scene, and it clearly showed itself as a disruptor. Um, in other words, uh, you know, if you, were a, if you were an English teacher and you're getting ready to go into finals um, and your students are going to be writing essays, there was never really a good way, a great way to, you know, get an essay output from a product, a, a piece of software. You know, now you can Google things and you can go to a site and copy someone's work, which is straight-up plagiarism, right? <laughs> But what, what happens with, with, the, with, with ChatGPT, it's generating brand new content that's not on the Internet. So you can't check for that easily, um, at least at that time you couldn't. Um, there have been products that help with that. But at that time, it was a, every time you put the question into ChatGPT, it's going to give you a variation on the answer. It's going to, quote, write you the answer in a unique way based on, you know, millions and billions of pieces of data that it has been programmed on and trained on. Um, and that was what was very different. Um, it wasn't just go to a hyperlink and copy something, which there's products that can kind of sniff that out. It was actually writing, just like a person would, a whole answer to the question um, based on all of the data that has been fed. Uh, so it was very specific in terms of the output that it provided, the language learning model that had been trained with could provide a really good, sometimes it also produced a bunch of BS. <laughs> and, and I would argue <laughs> one a, of the things. Has a thought about running for office? Has a thought about running for office? Some of the stuff it puts out is just really kind of ridiculous. Um, and of course, we're in the early stages of using products like this, but they'll get better. But there's still sometimes sure. a lot of garbage. And I think that that's going to somewhat be true because when you look at what it's been trained on, it's been trained on the Internet. Well, how reliable is the Internet? Well, mm -hmm. depends on where you are on the Internet. 
there are really authoritative sources and there are really places that don't have much authority at all and even have, you know, a bunch of conspiracy theory made up things. And of course, that is in ChatGPT too. So there's some limitations in terms of, um, you know, these plausible sounding but incorrect and nonsensical answers. And the human component is what can help with that. So I would argue that in K-12, this is really kind of a benefit because what we could do is we can feed a question a prompt into ChatGPT or another product uh, like it. Um, and there's a number of competitors, of course. Um, and you can then look at what the output is as a student and as a teacher and say, well, how much of this is accurate? How much of this is not mm-hmm. accurate? How much of this is, is um, perspective that's being taken by this chatbot um, that we may or may not agree with, you know, how much of it's political. Um, and, and these are some of the ways that we could use this for higher level thinking rather than just, you know, being concerned with the fact that it could write your papers. Um, let's go ahead and let it write our papers and then have the project be, let's see how accurate the output is. Um, let's let's vet that. Yeah. That, that's that, that's brilliant. And, and, and I think, and maybe it's just me, but I think most educators, and again, it might just be me, okay, see, see the, uh, I'll say chat GPT, the, the generative AI, as a danger to education, if I'll say it that way, okay? And what you just mm-hmm. said made a lot of sense. But my question to you is, how can educators use the AI, the generative AI, to make their job better. We see it as the enemy, but in reality, it could be a very good friend, okay, if we Absolutely. learn to use it right. You know, and uh, th- th- what, do you, what do you think of that, Pete? How can we use it to make education better? And you just gave a good example. We can, we can, we can uh, you know, analyze its answers. But aside from that, how can an educator use it to make education better, in your opinion? And I'm, and I'm sure this is asked. Okay, at the district you consult to. Yeah. And it's an important question. It, it is a very important question and to some degree is still in a formative stage. So some of these ideas may not be fully executed yet, but there's a lot of things out there. Um, you know, tutor.ai is a product that goes that, that can tutor students. Well, you know, if you look at a product and, and, and however good that might be, uh, these are going to become better over time. So AI can be used for personalized learning. Um, with data analysis feedback loops that can really be intelligent and provide real-time feedback to students. Um, so I think that there are a number of things that are starting to come to market now uh, and that will continue to come to market in the next several years that we should be ready for as educators, as leaders, uh, figure out how to kind of find the place for these things um, mm-hmm. to provide personalized learning platforms. Now, you know, I, I think that there's, for many years, the idea of kind of uh, group teaching versus individual teaching, uh, you know, a p- more personalized approach uh, has been kind of a debate, um, you know, golly, for probably a couple of decades, maybe even, um, yeah. you know, and, and each, has, each has its place. Uh, but there's certainly not enough teachers to do one-on-one with students that need it. This is a problem we that's have. That's correct. This is a problem artificial intelligence can help us solve. Um, and, and so that's one of the things I think is really promising and a really great opportunity. Um, we might not quite be there yet, but to be able to use, to, to, to have that as an option 
um, especially with a vetted product um, that's not just an open commercial product, something that's specifically built for K-12, we're starting to see some of these things come about. So I think that um, one of the roles um, that it can play is as a, as a personalized learning tutor or um, something of that sort. I think that something that could be used right away, uh, we've kind of talked a lot, little bit about, um, is kind of having students use ChatGPT or another product like that um, to put together a prompt uh, and then to see what, what, what things that it might have missed. I think one of the things that we really need to recognize is that prompt writing, knowing how to ask a good question, has always yes. been valued, right? I, I mean, was going to say that. Aristotle. Yeah. <laughs> go back to Aristotle. Yeah. That's been valued for so long. Well, guess what? We have an amazing tool that as you ask better questions, will give you better answers. Um, so helping, helping students understand how to do prompt writing um, will be a really critical um, skill. And I also think that there, there's some thought, obviously people know that um, ChatGPT and other products like this uh, can write code. But does that mean we don't need to write code anymore? We don't need to teach, I should say. We don't need to teach how to write code. Oh, no. What this means is that as a product like ChatGPT writes code, uh, we need humans to look at it and see, does that code, A, does it work? Um, and, and to test it out, to, does it work to achieve the thing we're trying to get to? But also, rather than simple code writing, what can we do to help students understand how to put together these basic pieces of code into something that's bigger? Um, you know, writing an app, for example, takes a lot of work and energy, but if you've got product that's an assistant like this to help you write some mm -hmm. of it, um, mm -hmm. wouldn't that be great so that you can get to your end product a little bit faster? So I think that looking at uh, generative AI products as assistants, as helpers, not just to the students, but also to the teachers. Uh, there's a lot of products yeah. out there that can help teachers write lesson plans. Um, that's a great, yeah. I, I remember as a oh. teacher, I mean, I, I put a lot of energy into that. And that's I don't right. want to say that it can replace a teacher because what it's going to give you is something that's okay, which you can make it into something that's great. Uh, it also, for the, for the early career teacher, can help them um, become better much faster. Because again, uh, although you might have a mentor teacher alongside that new teacher, that mentor teacher only has so much time. They have their own class. Um, so if you have that mentor teacher as well as something that's immediately available to help that teacher write rest and plans to get the, to, to put together outlines of things, um, that helps to expedite some of the work that teachers have. And I think to some degree can do away with some of the paperwork even that teachers mm -hmm. have to do. You know, teachers, teachers spend a lot of time on paperwork, uh, depending on your studies, you know, anywhere from 9% of their time to 25% of their time is, right. is, is, is used for, quote, administrative uh, responsibilities. <laughs> some of that is paperwork. And, you know, if we can get rid of some of the paperwork, that gives the teacher more time to be able to be with that student um, or those students um, and, and help them. So I think there's, there's a lot of ways that, um, that generative AI products can really help us to focus in ways we've always wanted to focus on critical thinking, on making more time for the teacher, on helping the student have a coach um, in their writing, uh, so on and so forth. I think that these
and, and then intelligent tutoring systems are really great opportunities for us to go above and beyond where we've ever been able to be. You know, I, I agree with you. And you said something that was so interesting. People are always concerned that this is going to, quote, replace the teacher. All right. And, and I guess my point is that as the world changes, the role of the teacher must change as well, okay, um, for, for a zillion reasons, okay, it's, it's, it's fairly mm-hmm. obvious. And I, I'll use the example, you know, when you go to the doctor now, I have, I have a GP, you know, a primary care, not GP shows my age, okay, a primary care physician, okay, who I see maybe right. once out of the four times I'm there, it's all there. They're, and they, these are wonderful people. They're, they're, they're uh, the practice assistant, okay, the nurse practitioner, et cetera, et cetera. They're, in other words, the role of the doctor herself, in my case, has been changed, all right? It has been changed. And the same right. thing is going to happen or has happened or should happen, if I may, to educators, okay? It's that simple. And we have to learn the, not to be scared of these tools, but to be tapped into them. Because we, we have, and you know this, Pete, as well as I do, you know, fewer and fewer people are becoming teachers, but we still have to teach all these kids. All right? That's right. And, and, but we, we, if we can harness the tools to make it work, okay, it's going to be just that much easier. And, you know, like you said, chat GPT has been around, like, since November, you know, for, for the general public. You were just at South by Southwest. And you were just at Cosin, and of course, ISTE's coming up, etc. What's the, what's the chatter about all this? Okay, when when you talk to people, and that's got to be it's got to be top of the mind for a lot of people in, in oh, the yeah. world of ed tech. Okay, what's the chatter going on out there? You know, people are still what's trying to get their head around it a little bit. I, I think that you know, people, teachers especially, um, but but administrators are well are trying to get their head around this a little bit. I mean, the first conversation, the first chat, uh, chatter that we heard in, in, you know, as everyone was coming back from break um, in January, do we ban it or don't we ban it? And then all yeah. of a sudden people understood that, like, you know, okay, if we ban it, it's only banned on our devices on our network. I mean, kids got these yeah. things in their pockets. Uh, they're called phones. <laughs> you know, we can ban it as much <laughs> as we want, but, but you know, in their, in their other hand is a product that's not blocked. So, and the other thing that kind of that leads to, which is continuing to be a conversation, is around digital equity. So if you were to ban it, who are you really banning? You're banning yeah. the students that don't have data plans. You're banning the students that don't have wireless in their homes. You're banning it for them. And so all of a sudden, you've created, you've created this environment, which is the opposite of what we've been working towards for the last several years, especially since COVID, um, we're trying to get, you know, digital equity in the form of access Absolutely. so that students have equal opportunity. And so as we think about this, one of the, one of the conversations we're having and, and trying to wrestle with is, you know, how do we, there, in, in every new innovation, whether it's the cell phone, whether it's the Chromebook, the laptop, um, whether it's generative AI, there are equity issues when you have folks that don't have it. How do you level that out as a school district is one of the questions that we've been dealing with with devices, then with connectivity, and now I think with artificial intelligence in, in regard to you know, text-based uh, and, and digital generative products. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you can't hold the, the future and, and technology is a tidal wave. Okay, it's a tsunami right. and you can't hold it back. You can't hold well, it right. back. You can pretend you can, but you can't. Okay, it's that simple. We no. live in a, in a world of technology and the schools have to embrace this. And, I, and, and it, yes. maybe you pick it up from the way I'm talking. We have to embrace it not only for the students, but also for the teachers, because our Absolutely. world is changing. Okay, and this is out there. You know, how, uh, how can run the spaceship? Okay, he doesn't have to be a bad <laughs> how. Okay, he doesn't have right. to be a bad how. By the way, right. you, do know, you do know that how, H-A-L, okay, are the, are the, are the letters after IBM. <laughs> Okay, you do know that. <laughs> do. That was I intentional. Do. Yeah, okay. It's really great. You know, well, okay. I, by, the way, idea, by the way, I saw 2001 in the theater. In the theater. Oh, my God. 22 times. I saw it when I was oh, a kid. Oh, wow. In the theater, in Cinerama, no less, 70 millimeter. Okay, 22 times. There you go. And, I'm an expert. And that's how captivating that was, right? It was. Um, you know, in terms, of, in terms of things that are just continuing to come at us, you know, there's this thing called Moore's Law that a lot of us are familiar with, that every 18 months, technology will double in its abilities. Uh, well, guess he what? He just died. Didn't um, Moore just die a couple of weeks ago? Isn't he the guy I think who... he did, and I, it's why I bring it up. But here's the thing yeah. with AI computations. AI computations are doubling every six months, so three times faster than Moore's Law. And this is from the Google CEO. He, he, he made this comment. Um, the scale of the largest AI computations is doubling every six months, doubling every six months, not every 18 months. So not only is it coming at us just as fast, it's coming at us three times faster. <laughs> so as educators, we don't have time to sit around. We need to be taking action, thinking through this, having these conversations with our communities, um, and even with vendors and with our teachers um, to see how we could leverage these tools. What do we need to do to get students ready for the future that awaits them? You know, I mean, coding is not going to be the same. Uh, you know, blogging is no longer the same. It changed dramatically, uh, you know, over the That's last right. couple of months. Um, all these things are changing quickly. How do we prepare students for that future? Uh, we can't sit it out. Uh, that's not fair to the students. So the challenge for educators is always staying up with uh, what's happening in the world around us to be able to prepare students. Look at CTE programs. You know, I mean, they look very different now than they did many years ago. Um, and they should. They should constantly be changing. We didn't have a cybersecurity class, you know, uh, in our district. We started one of those three years ago. Well, four years ago now, I guess. Um, and that wasn't a consideration, you know, um, you know, 10 years ago. So we mm -hmm. have to continue to change as, you know, the workplace changes, as the world changes, and we have to adopt these technologies in ways that make sense for teaching. And I think we can do this in a way that will leverage those tools to solve problems we've complained about for a long time, like individualization yeah, I of learning. I, I hope we do. And, you know, Peter brings up another question. And to my, in my opinion, and I may be wrong here, they're, they're always behind. Okay. Our education schools, and I, I think I know it's soon, our schools of education looking at this and saying, how can we train teachers to work in this new world? What about your thought on that? It always, falls on, the, it um, always falls on the school district. Okay, and professional development and your consulting firm, just juststrategics.com, okay, to do all this. But we have to 
start looking at it from a training point of view. This world is changing. Okay, what are your thoughts yeah. on that? In my opinion, oh, we need 100%. to do it. 100%. You know, I mean, pedagogy has to keep pace. Um, and so how I did things when I first stepped into the classroom, I don't know how many years ago, is very different uh, 20 years later, is very different many years after that. And it's very different since November. Um, I think that, you know, yeah. it, it is. Uh, I think yeah. that we, we need to look at how these tools can be, you know, assistance to teachers, um, how they can be used to, you know, help differ- differentiate instruction uh, for students. Um, we, we, we can be more creative um, in terms of how we think about assignments um, and how we can integrate tools like this uh, to help, you know, this is going to be a life skill. So, you know, just like You're right. understanding how to do search, uh, I think critical thinking skills, mm. these are life skills that we need to be teaching. I think one of the problems in our society today is we, we like the simple answers, and simple answers lead to greater division because it doesn't allow for nuance, right? Um, and so as we can, I think this can even be, maybe this is a bit like, you know, out there, but I think this is an opportunity for us as educators to help improve society, to help students think exactly. well, to think deeply, to think, you know, based on fact and based on um, perspective, yes, but also to think deeply about what another person's points might be rather than just trying to create this world where everything is either red or blue. Um, let's create, you know, an opportunity for people to see the points of the person on the other side of the aisle, this is an opportunity, I think, through being able to teach critical thinking skills um, to make our world better. Um, so that's my, you know, um, optimistic perspective on what AI might be able to do for us long term uh, that's very kind of detached from what it, it actually yeah. kicks out to us, you know. I, I like your ending better than I like the ending of Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. <laughs> I like your ending better. Okay. Hey, Pete, let me offer to you. You know, we, we publish our big magazine. I would love to have you write an article if you want to, okay, about uh, equity and AI. Would you like to do that? I'd love to do that. Well, then that, I'll, I'll put you in touch with Malia, our editor. And if you guys get that together, we'd love that. Okay. It's a, it's a great topic. And it's really, it's just so important that what you said about equity before Okay, it's, it's all just part and parcel of a changing world of education. And I wish you the best. You know, please always just tap into us if anytime you want to come on the show with juststrategics.com. <laughs> That's your website. Okay, you're always welcome yeah. here. Thanks. Okay, don't wait for Thank Coach. You so much. I, I love Coach. I said that the wrong way. Don't wait for Coach, and I love them and Keith and everybody. Okay, but you're, you're, let's just stay in touch on all this stuff. It's great stuff. That sounds great, Larry. Thanks for the privilege of being on with you today. Are you kidding me? It's my pleasure. And uh, I'll get in touch with them about writing for us, and uh, let's do more, okay? And how's Indiana right now? How's the weather? How's the weather in good old Indiana? Hey, it's sunny outside today, and it's been awfully nice. Um, I'm I'm enjoying it. I was in Savannah for a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago, and that was a bit warmer, but... uh, you know, Indiana also has a bunch of buds, and we're about to see a bunch of flowers come up, so it's exciting. I always love the spring. We all do. Renewal. What can I tell you? Okay? Pete Just, exactly. thanks a million, buddy. I'll be in touch. Thank you, Pete. Thanks, Larry. Have a great rest of your day. You too.
Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody. JustStrategics.com. And Pete came on from Coastal. I think this is great that he's moved on to a new career after he's retired from that wonderful career at Maine Township in Indiana. Okay, this is big stuff. All right, so please check it all out. Share this podcast if you wish. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. Please go over there, see all the stuff we do. We're very proud of it, and we're trying our best all about equity and access for every kid. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio, and thank you so much to Cosin at Cosin.org, to Pete, and to all you. Thank you.